Welcome aboard the USS Aeronome. To become a member of our crew, please visit perfectorganism.com slash support. As a patron of Perfect Organism, you'll receive exclusive perks and early access to content. Incoming audio transmission received. Please proceed to Subdeck 3 to begin playback. Thank you, and welcome aboard. I think we ought to discuss the bonus situation. Right. Brett and right. I, we think we ought to, we deserve full shares, right? right baby? You see, Mr. Park and I feel that the bonus situation is really good. Move, get out of there. Welcome to Perfect Organism, the Alien Saga Podcast. Welcome to our live Alien Day 2021 edition. I am your host, Jamie Prater, and I'm joined by several people, starting with... Patrick Green. And... Terry Chicos. Oh. And... <laughs> Mash. Mash. And our special guest, longtime friend, used to be a contributor, and writer of The Tides of Night, Connor Murdoch. Thanks for joining us, Connor. Hello. I'm clapping up. At what time is it there, Connor? Four. Four. Okay. Four. Yeah, normal time. That's, normal that's time. That's real Zeno hours. Um, oh, yeah. So, yeah, we made it, huh? We made it. We made it. Yeah. Did it been a pretty great alien day 2021 uh made by the fans made for the fans really every whether it was avp galaxy or studio yutani or just like just individuals coming out and saying hey this is what i'm contributing to alien day this year and it really made it special it didn't have any there was no corporate uh footprint this year which was very different for us but i'd say it worked pretty well I mean, there was literally no corporate footprint this yeah. year whatsoever. <laughs> the earliest indication of this, I was telling the guys earlier, was I went to the Alien Anthology site, which is normally like the first thing I do on Alien Day because it's where, you know, like the, it's the official, you know, Fox or 20th century like landing page for this stuff, right? Uh, and it just redirected me to the Nomad Land like Blu ray purchase page on the fox web on the on what was the fox website and i was like <laughs> oh my god this is like not happening at all this year um so that was interesting but i i i 100 agree with what you're saying jamie that this was more than ever you know by the fans for the fans and felt really organic and felt a little bit more like alien day felt in the earlier days years ago when it was really informal and it was just like you know people doing viewing parties remotely um and you know, and and if it, it, it had that more kind of like homegrown feel this year, and I also though I feel like at PO, you know, we got to be more directly a part of it than ever because mm -hmm. we were one of the you know few outlets. There were others that you just mentioned, but you know, it was really just kind of a handful of us um, contributing a lot of content today. It was fun. It was really really fun. It was fun. A lot of work, but it was really fun. Just seeing everybody happy and talking about. You know, again, usually we're talking about things that are being released, whether it's Reebok shoes or, or something, and we didn't have those things to, to talk about. So we were talking about 
the t-shirt design that we released or the tides of night or um some great artwork i mean there were a couple things announced like there's a new aliens art book coming out i think september 7th of this year yeah. that's interesting did you notice though that none of the things that were announced are available i know right now it's yeah <laughs> it's just like hey sometime in two years we might be doing this <laughs> yeah. like hey it's an announcement all right yeah. <laughs> that's why i was really hoping for aliens fire team to say look here's a beta we're dropping it right now yeah i, 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 I know I, we got to, I mean, I, we have to take a minute to, just to, to talk about this for a second. Like, I, it is shocking, shocking that there, and we were talking about this earlier today via text message, that there has been no presence from any, from Disney or whoever else, like, at all. There's been some, and it's just like, it just seemed a little bit like a missed opportunity. There's such a well, of, you know, such a well of fans here um, that love this product, this huge IP. And it was like, oh, sorry. Just yeah interesting yeah it was ironic at the time uh that we were talking about it because then NECA actually did do a post if you collect the NECA figures like the big chap here but um the, yeah it was like you said Patrick it was just another announcement that they're releasing 40th anniversary um like a Ripley and Lambert figure uh, but yeah, I kind of felt bad for him because I was looking at their comments on their Instagram and it was, um, people were pretty ripping them pretty bad for not releasing something more or like having something we could purchase or like a, something new from the aliens line from Kenner, you know? Uh, so, but yeah, to that point. Weird. Um, I have to say though. You know, I've never actually shared this. I've I've almost shared this many times, and then I don't because I get lazy and I don't want to go on Facebook. But I've actually there. You can get the Reebok Stompers in a way that you oh. might not realize you can, which what? is oh, these from these Reebok my, <laughs> from the internet. These have been my daily driver shoes for like you know the last year and a half or so, which is this looks great because I have a virtual. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is a it's it's the it's like the, the disappearing where yes. version of the yeah. shoe i'm gonna fix my background hang on i see what you're saying yeah um cool shoe. yeah 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 so so it's it's Ooh. like the it's the reebok uh like street stomper which is basically the prototype that the that the shoe and aliens is based on and uh and it's essentially the same shoe it's just got a different color scheme and it's a slightly different layout you but, can like, buy those yeah, they're like eighty bucks. I'm, I think I'm gonna buy a second pair just to have them because, like, I don't want to. Can get you buy them in red? Uh, you could definitely make them red with crayons, Jamie. Crayons, cheeks, crayons. They're they're <laughs> give me that Micah red. Has this, <laughs> Micah has this saying that like you know the, the best fandom is subtle fandom, which is something that I I don't know about as you can tell because I I cover myself in alien shit everywhere I go. But but I I do agree. <laughs> you know, there's something to be said for like kind of like you know low key fandom and this is great because like almost nobody will, will think it's anything other than just like kind of a cool Reebok throwback but the people who recognize like the Velcro strap on the top and shit will be like well it's a little bit like a pull that Velcro let me yeah. hear that yeah ready yeah oh give it to me oh yeah <laughs> session. oh yeah yes that's some yeah. 80's goodness uh, right there yeah that's Velcro Anyway, check it out. It's on the Reebok website. It's 80 bucks. That's I'll get cool. a commission, obviously. So go ahead, go ahead and buy it. Oh, hang on. One more <laughs> thing I want to show too before we forget. Madge, you and I did an Instagram video. We did. I think it was the two of us. This was not today. This was like back in February. Uh huh. Um, and I mentioned having this giant translucent prototype. 
Yeah. <laughs> and and so I brought I it upstairs to... to share at some point today and didn't the get subtle fandom. Oh, stick that in my bag when I arrive. <laughs> Look at this, this monster. Look at this thing. Oh my That's God. awesome. That is, is that so NECA awesome. too? This is also NECA. Yeah, this is a yeah. one scale, I believe. Oh, uh, and it's yeah. This amazing. is this is really this is my birthday party Patrick. From that's awesome. Two years ago, uh, but this is based on the original prototype that's translucent, which is going on auction in a day and a half, gentlemen. So if you want to buy that actual screen-tested suit from Alien, no way. It. It's estimated to go for forty to sixty thousand dollars. I'm just wow. saying, if you buy more Great. T-shirts, people. If you keep buying the commemorative T-shirt, can own it. Pa- Patrick yeah. can have we'll even more it. alien shit. And then it'll be a, it'll be in my house. Let's go. I don't, I don't care. You know, Jamie's the founder. I'm still gonna this get it. Terrify the children. That would be <laughs> awesome. We'll have uh, hey joint custody. Speaking of though, when I when I know uh, when I was watching the Oscars last night, I know I told you guys, but they were talking about the Academy Museum that they yeah. built out in L.A. and everything. Yeah. And one of the first things you see in the glass case is the. Um, is the head of the alien hmm. and i was like i was like oh wait what <laughs> <laughs> i was like that was, i don't know it's just kind of a cool moment that's awesome yeah but you probably should have had to watch you'd have had to watch it you had to be yeah, there it's cool <laughs> <to> <laughs> <get them. laughs> You're like, yeah it was pretty cool but, I, I still i still think I, I all the time you know we were talking just earlier today i don't remember the context but we were talking about the first time i came to la to visit jamie and we went to the 40th anniversary exhibit and uh and barely to see we barely made it. Jamie drove us to the middle of the desert. I, do, I drove us to the middle of nowhere. Pulling up. Oh, I think we're like, here. This doesn't look like my well, university of Southern California. We're like in these houses like, back sure somewhere. It's like a fucking McDonald's down the street. <laughs> <laughs> train tracks. <laughs> that's, that's the George Lucas. And Patrick's like, I don't think we're. <laughs> but we did eventually find it. We went to the exhibit and it was incredible. But the, but seeing those props in person that you're talking about, Perry, like like seeing the Rambaldi, you know, mechanisms for the jaw and stuff that way. I mean, that was yeah, surreal to see that. So like as soon as, <sighs> as things are normal again and people can get over to museums like the Academy Museum, check that shit out. Absolutely. Yeah, it, that, that was a great exhibit. I can't believe that was two years ago. How was that two years yeah. ago? crazy <laughs> uh just want to uh, shout out to alexander house andy geek girl adrian um christopher isaac bustos thank you guys for watching what's up guys i literally i forgot we were uh streaming this <laughs> hey everyone <laughs> keep your clothes on patrick <laughs> uh it's I, I always love how the names that come up when we do these live streams are people that we know so well like every one of those names are people that we have like real friendships with i just feel like that that to me is what Alien Day is all about, right? Is it's like I, I I can count. I already know who's going to be like liking and resharing things and sending you know videos and pictures and things because it's like this relatively small but really passionate fan community all around the world and like we all know each other and you know I just I just love it. You guys make me so happy. You really do. So let's uh-huh. get into some of the stuff that we released. I know that there's things that we can talk about. Um, I would say we should talk about the big one first, which is the Tides of Night, which is something we've been working on for five years, a year and a half at least. Um, it was supposed to come out. Yeah, like it was supposed to come out Alien Day 2020. Again, we all know what happened then. Uh, no one had much motivation for anything, including myself. Uh, but we started getting this together probably summer of 2019 is when we started getting it together because we're, we're thinking we're going to release it on alien day 
uh, Connor, I don't know how it all came about, but Connor presented the story and we're like, we need to do this as a, as a, as an audio drama. So then I started up adapting it um, because it's a very long story, um, but we needed to adapt it so we could fit it within an hour, hour and 15, hour and a half. And that took a while. And then we had to cast it. It's a big audio drama, but it's a small cast. Like the environment is really large. What's happening is huge, but what's happening personally is really small. So it worked really well. Um, I'm curious, Connor, like when did you write the original story? So year one, I was, I was two years to write, but I've worked for a alien debut film before in my bad road series. That's when I originally wrote that, I remember. Because I wrote the story beforehand, year before, which it was only like 3,000 words. That was one I originally sent to you, and you liked it. And then the year after that, I was like, I kind of like making a habit of doing short stories of alien babies and mm -hmm. something out there. It was just one of those things where I only gave myself three, four weeks, and it just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Oh, geez. And put it out there, and obviously you picked up on it and decided that you wanted to run with it. I was not honest now that I think about it. I do not know where in my mind it came from, because every time I looked at it, I must have been in some really dark places when I was writing that. <laughs> well, that's what makes Alien great, is it's man confronting the darkness of themselves more than it is the alien. The alien's sort of the manifestation of our darkness, whereas we're, all, we're really, we're dealing with our own darkness. And that's what I think, that's why I love Tides of Nights so much, is that it, it gets to what Alien is about, which is what do we do when we face ourselves? Um, and more than, and it does include some like Marines and it has those things that we're familiar with, but it's not exploring them in a way that's familiar. And that's what I loved about the story. This is a story about the heart of darkness, going into the heart of darkness. This is like an alien version of Apocalypse Now. That's what it reminds me of. And I, I thought it worked really well. Well, I think the other thing was at the time when I was writing it, I was reading a book called uh, Ordinary Men by Christopher Brown. And that was about a peace battalion in Germany, no, sorry, Poland during the Holocaust, how they were confronted with the fact that they were being essentially forced to murder their own people. And it was a very, very dark book. And I think that probably stayed with me the entire time I was writing it, which led me to go down the paths that I went through that book, or story, I should say. I could tell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And we should probably mention that, definitely mention that Tides of Night stars Stevie J. Douglas, who is a part of Alien fandom, but he also is the director of the Vincent Ward um, play, that, which is the Vincent Ward, the original, or one of the many screenplays written for Alien 3. The, uh, the one that eventually got made was based off a story by Vincent Ward. And Stevie produced that play in Scotland a couple years ago and he is an actor and it was Connor's idea to ask Stevie to audition and Stevie did and we loved it and we went for it and then a friend of ours Stephen Stephen Anthony Gray who won our contest after we crossed 10,000 likes he played Takumi which I thought he did an amazing job like listening okay. back when I did listen back a couple days ago Patrick when you sent it to me I felt like I was like it didn't 
sound like audio that I was manipulating anymore. It sounded like I was really there in the war zone. Like it really, there's something really amazing about it. I don't want to like sit here and like, oh, we did such a great job, but I just. You said, I'm, I'm sorry, I, but I, you said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You want to talk I mean, about the music at all, Patrick? No, we don't want to talk about the music. I was I was telling Connor earlier it was such a treat to score this because I just I just adored them. I mean, I, I've adored the material since you first sent it to us back in the late 1960s. I, I feel like I've always really believed when I was, in it. When I was 70? <laughs> yeah, back when Jamie first got his ARP card. Oh. <laughs> um, I, 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 just, I always thought it was so strong. And, and partly because, you know, you have such a distinctive voice. I, I feel, Connor, as a writer, I, I think you just, you really, you know, nobody writes like you do. And because it's something where it's it starts pretty dark, obviously, um, and it doesn't like get any lighter. You know, it's it's a it's a consistent. You know, you're basically being pulled down into hell the entire time, um, and yet it never feels like uh, it never feels simple, right? Like what what I love, and it's it's similar to Giger in that you know it's all for the most part rendered in you know various shades of black to some degree, right, or gray. Um, and yet there's a lot of detail in that darkness and there's a lot of subtlety in the darkness and a lot of, of beauty in the darkness. And I think that that as like an aesthetic from a, a writing standpoint is really, really admirable and something that I don't think many people pull off. So I was I, I've always like figured I, like the aesthetic of your piece has always spoken to me a lot. But in terms of actually scoring, it was was a, a legit challenge. And Jamie knows that because I sent him some um, some. <laughs> some outtakes where I was like, I want you to listen to how shitty this is going to sound. Wow. And Stevie like, is, is... <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I was, you know, cause I came, I initially kind of came at it with a score that was very heavy. So, you know, as, as you know, uh, back in the beginning of the pandemic, I have all these visual aids tonight. I, I bought all of these things to play for the score. These Amazonian death whistles. Oh, uh, that's right. Yeah, which you can hear in the soundtrack. You can, they're all over it still. Is that a capybara skull? I remember. <laughs> yeah, you bought. I remember That's you showed cool. us that last year, saying I bought. Yeah, this yeah. As soon as soon as we said we were moving forward with it, I was like, okay, Connor Murdoch deserves some death whistles in his. In his <laughs> and Connor and I both love metal. I'm I'm a huge like metalhead. That's a lot of the sort of the rock that I listen to is, is heavy metal music, and I know that Connor appreciates that too. So, and my first ideas for this was was going to be like that, like doing something you know very kind of like heavy and rhythmic. Um, and that just sounded so stupid in context. It just didn't work. And then I and then I tried to do this kind of orchestral treatment, although, you know, there's no orchestras playing right now. So it was all on my synthesizers, but, you know, kind of loud and bombastic and grandiose and everything. And then also just sounded really, really dumb. And so Jamie and I had a back and forth. And this was as late as like last Thursday. I was like, I was like, I don't have this fucking score yet. And I don't I honestly don't know if I can figure this out because like we're releasing this in a few days from now and, and it doesn't it doesn't sound right. Like and, I, and I've already gone through most of it and I want to throw it out. So I did. I threw out everything that I had written up until that point, And Jamie and I had a conversation and I was like, you know what? What's not working is that because Stevie does this like incredible understated thing the entire time and it's not monotonous. Right. But it's it's just it's very much like this character has been through an enormous amount and he's not trying to impress anybody with his story. He's, he's basically, he's basically just spilling it out of himself. Right. So to do anything to try to like elevate the drama was a disservice because the point wasn't elevated drama. The point was almost like a confession. The point was almost like a, you know, an expulsion. Um, and so the music, then I, I decided, I talked to Jamie about this. I was like, I'm going to use only drone material. So there's going to be basically no harmonic motion. 
So the whole thing is basically going to be stuck in one key or one tonal area because there is no movement. There's no progression. It's, it's one thing, right? Um, but similar to Connor's writing, what I tried to do was root it, even though it was all within this one thing, this one kind of aesthetic, this dark sort of descent, um, trying to make a lot of variation within that. And so that's why all of the tracks that are on the score sound different from one another is because they're all different takes. But yeah, but I, I basically rewrote the entire thing in three days. Um, and it was it was a wonderful experience, and I'm really glad for it. So thank you for letting me score it. And the soundtrack will be out as a separate release probably later this week. I just want to master it a little bit first. If you um, want your, I wrote it in three your, your, your uh, you know, neighbors to be afraid for your kids listening to it, like Jamie listening to the Terminator yeah. 2 soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> you want them to be concerned like... about this dark material you listen to. <laughs> like he's listening to this story about it's a lot of death and I th aliens. There's burning children. There's drone <laughs> There's music. Burning children, things breaking through the chest bone of children. <laughs> the serpent. Anyway, it was a lot of fun. And, and I got to say, like, the, the piece as a whole, I mean, Jamie, you're, you're a sound designer. I've told you this. To me, it's just head and shoulders above anything you've done, which is saying a lot because you've done incredible work for years and years and years. But I really feel like the sound design for this thing is just the most immersive, uh, wonderful to listen to, yet disturbing stuff you've done. I think it really, like, this whole piece just works so well. And, and I, I was saying this morning to the guys, I still get chills listening to it, even though now I've been living with this thing for so long and I've listened to it so many times. Um, I still I still get actual genuine chills. I cried a couple of times that I was listening to it this morning. I still 100% feel emotionally connected to it. And Connor, it, ultimately, at the end of the day, is 100% because of you and because yeah. of this art that you brought into the world. So congratulations, my friend. And I really hope that this gets downloaded a shitload and people share it. And I, I really hope people uh, appreciate the amount of work that went into this by a lot of people, not only Connor, but a lot of other people through the through the year and a half or so since we've started working on it. Yeah, I mean, because yeah. obviously what people hear is months and months or a year of work. Um, I mean, certainly the editing, but it was getting people to record, having people record their parts remotely over a span of months, turning it in, re-recording in some... In, in some instances, sending them to me, editing it, and then re-editing it and having people listen. Like uh, I, there were several people who listened th uh, to passes of this or as it was going, like Maj, like Perry. Perry's in it, by the way. Perry stars uh, in it, actually. Uh, oh yeah, <laughs> his death stars in it. I'm in it too yeah. for a brief minute. Um, that's the first voice you hear is mine. Um, I, even though I'm not an actor at all, but yeah. And then we have other friends like Clara. Clara Feifei, Mother 9000, or Mother whatever thousand she is right now. Um, she's in it. Ryan Zaid, our friend, our longtime friend, is in it. Uh, well, Bradford Eckerd is in it as well. Micah, Eckerd yeah, is in it. Yep. yeah. Bradford plays the captain and he's amazing. Um, it's just, it's really a, uh, a concerted effort from everyone in fandom. And it was, it's, it was just great. And for people it's who like Proximity, cool. the original one, uh, just super brief. Um, if, if you remember sure. Proximity, the first audio drama we did, Bradford had a, a very prominent role in that too. He did. So you, so it, it's it's cool hearing uh, him kind of like a little through line in Perfect Organism audio dramas. But Connor, go ahead, sir. Yeah, there was just a couple of points that I wanted to make about the whole behind the scenes thing. Folk won't realize is that getting Stevie's recording was difficult to say. It was Jamie, I don't know if you remember, but all his equipment broke down in the middle of recording. That's right. So what had That's to right. happen was uh, Stevie had to go to a friend's house, record it on some, I can't remember what device it was, but it was something ancient by our 
Frankenstein. No, it was called, like three or four years ago. What you had to do was download the entire thing onto a USB and drive across Scotland to get them. You literally came to the house with a USB and I was like, here you go. I was like, wow, that's dedication on so <laughs> many levels. And for weeks uh, and weeks, we were like, how are you doing? How's it going? How's it going? How's the recording? How's it going? <laughs> it's going. That's, it's going. Basically, he, he was providing the entire skeleton of the story. So everything was on him. And I, I felt bad for him. I really did. Sorry, Stephen, you put this on you. <laughs> I was but, excited uh, to be in it. Jamie cut my part. This is what I sent him. Was, uh, well, by the time you... By the time you sent it, I was like almost done. Yeah. Mash no, sent just... it to me like three days later. <laughs> but when uh, I was listening before all the way through, I was just sitting there thinking, Patrick, as we have seen this to the guys before you joined Paul, that I was picking up a lot of Blade Runner and just in a little bit between that, I don't know if you remember it, but there's a certain track on the Covenant soundtrack when the chest burster comes in. It's a really soft, melodic piano tone going on. And it just felt like this perfect hybrid between the two of them. And it's, it was just bang on, nailed the phone perfectly. Because you said you were thinking about Mick Ford, the thing, which anybody who doesn't know Mick Ford thinks Doom soundtrack. I was like, that should work, but might not. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted it to. I just want, I want an excuse. Somebody write me something that I can do a metal soundtrack to, because that's, that's what I, that's what, that's what I want to write, just like, uh, as a heads up. But yeah, it didn't, it just, it didn't work, you know? You were a goddamn trooper through the editing because I'll, I'll admit, I was being very, very nitpicky with certain things. I was sending him exact second points like this. Wasn't <laughs> sense, right? I was being an absolute dick, I'll be perfectly honest. No, I, 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 I so yeah, I, you weren't. No, I understood it. Like, yes, I was, I was editing this, but this is your story and it needed to sound. It needed you needed to hear how it sounded in your head, what you imagined. So, as uh, a storyteller myself, I get it. You have a vision and I want to, I didn't like, probably if it would have been like round five, I would have been like, okay, Connor, I've done as much. <laughs> but you only had like essentially two rounds of editing notes. Uh, and then like, you know, when you're, when you're doing something like this, you're editing something, you're going along and then you're like, oh shit, we need something else. Oh shit, we need something else. And that's usually what happens. So it's usually me going to YouTube, finding sounds, downloading them, importing them and putting them within the timeline um and there you know there's instances where one of our stars forgot to record a part of his dialogue but you don't know because it works yeah. but at that moment i was like connor if i ask this person to do this for us i don't know if we're going to get this done on time so connor was like nope just do it um so but it all well, worked so anyone to do record anything i'm pretty sure all the stuff we got through no matter how many takes, that was it. We basically had everything from the get-go then. Mm -hmm. I want yeah, to say one more did. thing yeah. about Tides of Night, just briefly also. Connor, you, you finish your point, sorry. Sorry, I just want to say thank you to everybody that was involved because it's it turned out way, way better than I ever thought it could be. Honestly, it just astounds me still listening to it now. I, literally, I didn't listen to the full thing until today, and I Sent Jamie a message just like, holy shit, holy shit, holy, holy shit. Fuck. <laughs> Thank you, Jamie. I'm so trying to be PG here. Help me. 
<laughs> now all you got to do is write a Mad Max for Patrick's metal score. That's, that's, that's all I'm saying is just give me something to use drums on. That's all I care about. Well, we're going to revisit. What were you going to say, Patrick? Yeah, and just briefly. So Stevie's audio, this was this was a, a big, you know, we were obviously waiting for it for a very, very long time and, you know, knowing that stuff was going on. And then when it did come through and it sounded so kind of archaic, I remember Jamie... <laughs> Jamie being like, oh my God, I don't know, I don't know if like if this is gonna work. And I actually was like, I think that is going to make this thing. I think yep. that the way that his audio sounds, which is not good by any like objective standard, is and by actually... that Patrick doesn't mean his audio isn't good. It means it means the quality is different it's... than it, the texture of the audio. I don't yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. yeah no I, I mean like the actual audio signal like it's just not like it's not a very high fidelity yeah, audio yeah. capture right his performance is incredible that doesn't that's separate but but to me that was actually almost what made the whole thing work as well as it did because it gave it this sense of like almost a, a document recovered from a battlefield yes. you know it had this feeling of something kind of broken and and it's and it's I mean a testament Jamie to how you mixed it into the into the rest of the voices too that it sounds so natural but I, I just want to say like part of our and this this also very much applies to the score and how I rescored the whole thing in three days after having been playing with it for four months or something like a lot of the time when you're working on a creative project and we're all creative people in this space we all have done done this in different parts of our lives before you 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 put a lot of work into something. And then usually by the end of that decision tree that you've gone through, there's something that you weren't anticipating that arises, right? And a lot of the time, the thing that like characterizes really successful art from art that's not successful is how you respond to those late in the game changes, right? To when something happens that you were not anticipating. Because that honestly is the universe stepping in and giving you a, a miracle potentially to play with. The right? obstacle is the path. Exactly. The like obstacle is the path. And and this was a, this was an example of that. If we had done this in time for last year, I don't think it would have been as good. You know, if, if we had just put pedal to the metal in the beginning of the pandemic, which we could have done potentially. You said metal. Um, you said metal. I said, I said metal. <laughs> don't, don't get me going. I feel like it would have been uh, it would have been a worse. I mean, part part of why this was so powerful is because of what we've all lived through and what what it's taken to get it to this point and the things that came up that we had to react to. Stevie having to drive across you know, the entire country to find a, you know, recording situation. And, you know, it, it just, a lot of the time, I feel like art that works well is characterized by things like that. And the Tides of Night is a great example of art that works well. And I'm, I'm born through say, struggle. Yeah. Born through struggle. And, and it's a, it's an honor as always to struggle with, with all. Of yeah. It. Um, and we're probably going to be revisiting this world. Um, all of a sudden the conversation in our text thread today was like, do a sequel. It was a lot of it for me Do a prequel, whatever. Cause we love the characters. Um, <laughs> we're probably going to revisit it, but, and we're talking about next year, but uh, I have a story that I want to do for next year that I want Perry to help me with. I haven't talked to you about it yet, Patrick. So we'll talk about it later. Um, but yeah, wow. but I'm, <laughs> I'm excited. I'm Secret. excited to get back into Connor's the world that he, created i think it's it's really unique and i also want to say this and i my standards are pretty high in terms of like everybody knows i'm a purist and i there's things that i i fucking hate yo um or yo i fucking hate um but yeah, it's, it's yo yo you fucking like i've i've listened to the <laughs> the standard like the the audio dramas from audible rivers of pain river of pain and out of the yeah. shadows and those are all pretty they're you know they're they're all they're okay they're all variations on a theme. It's either bringing Ripley back or let's wake her up during cryo. It's sort of, 
it's a remix of the same things that we've seen before, essentially. And what I love about Connor's story and the stories we've done, even proximity, is that we're like, let's tell a different story. Um, I feel like these studios, they trench themselves in um, with retellings of stories in the same world because it's comfortable, because it's popular, because it'll be received well, and it's Ripley. And I love that with proximity and with tides of night, we're like, no, we're, we're going to do something different because we need something different. We can handle it. And they've been received. Well, I think proximity was, is still our biggest downloaded episode of all time. Like 6,000 people. By a huge amount. Yeah. Yeah. 42,000 or more 50,000 on YouTube. Yeah. 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 Um, And I I think uh, tides of night is even better than that. And it will eclipse it. Um, So it's just a testament to, what fans are really after they're not after the same thing over and over if it's good if it's a good story they will listen to it and they will love it and i feel like it's 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 evidence for studios who are in charge and involved to say you can take a risk take a risk you don't have to retell these stories set in the world of aliens over and over and over you can do you can go darker you can have new characters so i i'm just it's i'm patting us all on the back i think it was a great job yeah and uh i feel like we're we're on to something so thanks everybody so, who <clears throat> the one quick thing i wanted to say is and i know i told you this this morning patrick is that it really for me what i loved about it is like i feel like this team is is just so good at ca- capturing like that the tones the feelings the feels that you felt when you like first saw alien or aliens or alien 3 um and, the, and those things that resonate with you, especially with what we've been through in the past year with COVID and everything, um, it's it's just, uh, if you want to listen to something new, but that makes you feel like you watched Alien for the first time again, like that's what this really felt like for me listening to Tides of Night. And I just, I just freaking love it. And it it's just like testament to Connor and like you got all this team you guys putting this all together it's it's um yeah it's a beautiful thing thanks man congrats team you want to go through some more stuff before we all fall asleep because yeah well we should talk about well we we, what did we we also released uh an interview with uh a a brewing company called alewife which is located in 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 queens Queens? yeah and that was a great interview it's about 45 minutes long um they just talked about the process how they came up with the idea I feel like the the episode came out really great. I really, when he was talking, when he, if you anyone has listened to it, when he names what the beers are, because I I miss I misname the beer right away. Of course, I'm like, isn't it called? They mostly come at night, but I used actually Newt's quote from the movie when he said, "No, it's actually called." And then I used Newt's quote. Um, so it's it's a great interview. It's interspersed with a lot of great moments from Aliens. Uh, Check it's it also out. been a show where ever since we recorded it, Jamie's been trying, he's been asking questions about what an ale is versus <laughs> no, what a beer is. A beer's, not, a beer's not an ale, though, is it? <laughs> like, yeah, well, I don't know the difference. Like, but is, a, is ale's kind of like wine, right? I'm like, Jamie. I'm, I'm 92. Coffee is a soup. <laughs> that was fun. And and that was also, again, Connor, I hope you're appreciating the fact that we almost exclusively featured Scottish people. I know. This is like the Scottish. Really super <laughs> weird. And I know Pierce said that he didn't really have the accent, but he did. He really did. Oh, he totally so had that. the accent. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, you listened to it already. 
Yeah, I've listened to all the podcasts before. Nice. Nice. And then uh, we had another interview, which I think one of our Mm. greatest interviews ever Mm. with John Sorensen. You want to talk about that? Amazing. (laughs) Another another (laughs) Scotsman. Another Scotsman. Um, this just my brief little like window into this was that we were recording this of course during the middle of the day you know because he's in Europe and, and we were trying to be he, he so he was heading out for a long weekend with his wife to a cabin right I believe Jamie right he was about to like uh, I don't I, perhaps I know it wasn't a long weekend he was like for he's like I won't be back until I don't know when yeah or maybe um, it was like for he said no internet <laughs> no nothing yeah oh wow he, he, what I'm saying is he was becoming a hermit or something. So, mm-hmm. so we, we knew we had like two days to do this interview and, and we were champing at the bit for it. And Jamie, and we were going back and forth with like when we could do it. And it was really looking like I was not going to be able to be there because of things at work that I just could not get out of. And I was like, so heartbroken the entire day. I was just sitting there like, like literally like on the verge of tears and all these fucking meetings that I had at work. Cause I, cause like what, when else am I going to talk to somebody who was on the set of, of alien, you know? Uh, and then this meeting got canceled, and I was right. that that feeling of elation of knowing that I was going to be there. I'll I'll never forget that. And then showing up and like, not only uh, I, I think part of what I really appreciate about it was that we get Perry. You said it well. We, we very rarely get this opportunity to recapture the feeling of seeing these films again for the first time. You know, of getting to um, to understand them in a way that was is truly different, right? Because yeah. we have all of these layers of strata built up through the years of our lives of, of thinking about them and reinterpreting them and revisiting them and watching them a million times. Um, and then sometimes you get this little window into these films that is actually different, and it, and it just sets everything on fire. And, and for me, getting to talk to John Sorensen, who was there as a child, essentially, you know, as a late teenager, early 20s dude, just out of school, building the miniatures that have become, you know, eternalized in this film. And getting to hear him talk from the standpoint of somebody who knows looking back that like that that was his great achievement you know that who knows that like you know regardless of what he does in the years to come like he's he's done something that has gone down in history um it was just an amazing feeling to be able to to see that and then also you know we were just watching it tonight obviously for alien day in the 4k release which is just incredible and I was watching the work that he was talking about and 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 I was like looking at the miniature on the screen landing on lv426 and things and thinking about the things that he had told us about in the interview and and realizing how special it was that i didn't know these things because of the you know director's commentary track or something like i knew it because i took a meeting got canceled at work and i got to talk to the guy who built it as a result of being a part of this show so it, as always i'm so grateful to jamie especially for like getting me on board this shit years ago and giving me the opportunity to you know interrupt work days by talking to people who worked on the set of alien in the late 1970s it's just yes the mind. feeling you're talking That's about cool. will translate to any listener it is, it is an amazing interview it's and you guys did such a, a service by shutting up because like because like i remember i had a teacher once that said uh um i mean this is a pretty basic rule if you're talking even 10 percent of the time in an interview you're talking and you're the interviewer you're talking too much and you guys would it was so great because when you hear someone talk passionately about anything it's special but especially a person of his age where it, the stories are rich and he has so much to tell it's like my my grandpa i ask him like one story i ask him like hey what ha- can you tell me about that time and it's like it becomes seven stories and it's just like i almost forgot I was listening to it in a way I was just so in it. And then I would just sort of pop up and be like, 
oh my God, I was so there in my mind. And the, and the stories you're talking about, it's not just specific, um, that's how we built this. It was a technical this, we were on the set. Like those are special too, but just these little, this, there are little nuggets and stories in there that you'll never find anywhere. You'll never read anywhere. And they really do put you there because it's the after hours stuff. Oh yeah, and after the after we'd be done, we'd all yeah. go meet up here and we talked here. And this guy said this to me and describes these characters. And, it, and just the way he would even describe these people, just unique folks that left an impression on him just because of who they were and things they said to him and things he saw there when he was so full of wonder at that age like it, it was like reading a book it was just like it was rich it's a rich interview and it, yeah it's it, it's so good I love it I, I love that you guys got all that out of him and it's out there now and anecdotally I mean just one of the things he mentions is receiving a letter from Alec Guinness um, yeah. as a 19 year old you know and he didn't really talk about what was in the letter but he's like I'll treasure it forever because I think he still has it but Alec Guinness who of course plays Obi-Wan Kenobi. I mean, who has a, a story Ooh. career in Hollywood. Um, they called him Obi-Wan. Uh, it, it's just Hello things, there. Obi-Wan <laughs> Kenobi. <laughs> it's just things like that, like little what nuggets here and there. talking about old Ben. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, but actually that interview, I've never, it never, I don't, I take about three or four hours to to edit most of our, the shows that I end up editing because Patrick and I split it up pretty evenly. That, episode took me three solid seven hour days to edit i've never it was like i kept messaging patrick like oh my god this episode not that i mean it was great but you have to there's just a lot there and you have to capture it and i wanted to make sure because afterwards patrick and i really felt like we were there with him in that room working on the nostromo seriously like i felt like we were transported but it was the way he was talking it was it was the way that he was his his words were softly bringing us back into that space and reminding there was us no sense of being hurried at all yeah exactly yeah. exactly i think the big difference was that you compared to most interviews i didn't feel depressed in the view it just sort of felt like you were a fly in the wall not an interview but a conversation just somewhere quiet and I love the story of Ridley Scott bought trying to like, Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> my my favorite moment yeah. from that that whole thing was was when he talked about sitting by the bank of the river and feeding the geese, just like and, and just, yeah. Uh, yeah. Like you know when when we watched this movie, it, it's it's so hard to remember the fact that they were in a studio with a parking lot in front of it, <laughs> and with like hot dog vendors down down the road, and with birds outside, you know, but but there were and these people were working union shifts for hours and hours, and they would go outside, and they would just like hang out and, you know, cool off, and sit by the banks of the river. And I, I just I, I loved when he would talk about those moments. I thought they were really powerful. And this strange chain of events led them to that point. It was yes. really weird. It was quite like, an interview that I was like, no, I just you essentially just filtered himself into it. Yeah. Well, and that's part of it too. He he was able to enter into this this system known as Hollywood um, in a way that is impossible now. He showed up to the studio. Hey, I think you're. I heard about. Oh yeah, come in. You know, I mean, that does not happen anymore. Those walls yeah. are are shut. Um, even if you have friends, they're shut unless you have really something of value to offer. Um, totally. And, he was able to work on this film in a way where film was still burgeoning. Effects were still changing. The effects in Alien were still something very new. I mean, uh, 
Stanley Kubrick did 2001, which really set the precedent. And then Star Wars pushed it even further. And then Alien was coming on the heels of both of those things in a completely different way. And he was a part of it. And uh, I mean, even today we look at, we watch Alien, those effects have not aged. There's nothing in that movie except for maybe one little shake of the creature's um, fingers, which look a little rubbery. That's all. The rest of that movie is completely flawless. All of those films feel completely um, timeless. There's no, you don't like, I mean, like Aliens feels definitely 80s to me. There's an 80s quality to it, Um, but it's still timeless. But the other two, Alien and Alien 3, they could have been made in any decade. They're just timeless pieces of, of art talks a little about I won't say what he go into detail but he talked about creating the opening shot of alien the space shot and showing the rings of the planet and all that and I always thought that was a beautiful shot and I always kind of wondered about how they did it but just hearing him do it and just like you it's so uh like he really illustrates how this was made like with their two hands like and it's such a it it makes you love it even more like it's just this this beautiful crafted art project thing it's just yeah i didn't know if i could love the movie more but that that interview made me love it more something to be said for for practical in camera effects work done impeccably well and it it holds up forever and and I, i was thinking about you know the movie Christine, the John Carpenter Stephen King film, mm-hmm. when when uh, when the lead character you know asks the car to like transform for him and it and it, it fixes itself in real time yeah. in front of the camera, like and that and they did it just by doing reverse photography, just playing the film backwards. But you watch it and it's like the most technically convinced. I mean that will look perfect in three thousand years from now. What's this movie called? What, Christine. Christine about Stephen King. I've never heard of it. Yeah. Stephen King's what Christine. The fuck? Yeah. With never. the Red Plymouth, you've never heard of this movie no, before. No, never heard of it. Oh, it's a it's famous it book too. It's it's great. It's a really good movie, and it's John okay. Carpenter, and he's like hot off the heels of Halloween, uh, right around the time that he made the thing, and it's like a pulp kind of horror movie, but it's really well done. Yeah, um, didn't he make it kind of as a response to the thing because they they got on him for the thing being too graphic, and he's like, I'll make something a little more. Oh, more did like he? I don't know. Close yeah. yeah, I think so. Really? Yeah. Sorry, go well, on though. It, it, it plays like a really cool companion piece to the thing i think and it's it's a movie that like has become more beloved with time but but you know as as many carpenter films are but i think a big reason why it's held up so well is because of the the in-camera effects that they were able to do just by paying such incredible like the, i mean the thing another carpenter film also right like that looks incredibly good now mm-hmm. as it did then but alien i mean watching it tonight with the kids on in a 4k restoration on our huge tv sitting right in front of it on fucking beanbags you know what i mean and i was like man i there are still things in the frame that i just haven't seen but somehow have missed in the past and they look perfect like there's nothing in the margins of any shot of that movie that uh looks at all out of place and 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 people like john Sorensen are the reason for it and we got to have him on the show and that is just one of the coolest things ever and i wanted to say one more thing before we because we got to wrap and we got to do our trivia question for those of you still watching um John Sorensen, uh, when we did the interview, I, just to set the scene a little bit for those of you who weren't there with us. So he has this sort of like long white hair. His shirt was like unbuttoned down to his like navel almost. He just had this like very kind of old hippie vibe to him. 
jewelry just sort of sitting there in his room with like a big a big he had a big like uh like cd master deck in the background he had like dream catchers on the walls just looked like this just this just vibing dude, just vibing <laughs> and he was so like to me at least at peace he felt like just this old soul who was just there to like connect on a human level and and when we were done with it uh you know he wrote us a very sweet message um in an email and it was and it was saying how like it meant something to him it felt special to him and how he really hopes that you know like we can continue this connection in the future and it felt like you know i i really feel like there's this and i'm, I'm sure it's jamie because it's not me because i don't have interactions with people that were that usually happens when i'm done with it but i feel like many of the interviews we've had over the last especially the last year have ended with something like that ralph brown also wrote us a kind of an emotional email uh afterwards philip kennedy johnson continues to to write to us and to reach out on, on a very personal level like we, we keep having these like these really meaningful connections with people who come on the show and i think uh part of it i think is just jamie's interpersonal skills but i think part of it is also <laughs> our the fact that we realize more than ever what we're all living through together you know and how like these moments of real human connection are like you can't waste them when you get them and uh, and this moment with John Sorensen is just another another fantastic example of that, and it's a, a real human moment. To your point, though, Patrick, I think what you're talking about, though, is how stories transform us, how stories speak to us, and we've been able to talk with people who understand that their story, a story that they were a part of in a film, has lived in our hearts, and that's the connection that we're making. That's why these aren't just movies. They're not just characters. Parker isn't just a character. Ripley isn't just a character. These are living, breathing people in us, um, and I think that's what we connect with. Um, and then it takes on all different levels and at least for me like as passionate as a, and as opinionated as i am about everything that's really what it comes down to like whether it's talking about back in the day when we we're talking about bringing ripley back or why ripley should stay dead all of those things it's because we're so um they're such a part of our lives you know and there's ownership of it we own the parts of these characters emotionally, maybe not intellectually or uh, legally, but we emotionally own these characters. And that's almost the, the most ownership that you could have. And I think what we tap into in these interviews is all of that. Um, and that's why, uh, that's why these movies are important to me. It's not like someone said uh, a while ago, they couldn't really, they'd never met someone as passionate about their interest as me. And I was kind of like, well, isn't everyone passionate like this? Isn't everyone passionate about stories? But I really think the best stories, the things that we've grown up with, things that we've watched, they are part of us. Um, like it's exa every... exemplified in this particular Alien Day as well. Because yeah. it was so fan-driven and not corporatized in any way. It was just everyone being like, look at this. I have an alien picture on my wall. Like, look at this mug. Like, we, we all totally. love this story. You know, it's more, yeah. Totally. I totally agree with that. <laughs> laughing because you're like, isn't everyone this passionate? <laughs> Looking at our fucking Zoom call. And we all <laughs> like our faces are blocked by action figures right now. Yeah. <laughs> and we've been doing this holiday about this franchise for like 12 hours, in Connor's case, 16 hours. Now. So it's there might be people not quite as passionate about their, their hobbies as we are. But I hope and I do trust that many more people are then feel comfortable expressing it and hopefully 
everybody in this fan community feels very comfortable being fucking incredibly nerdy in front of other people yeah. because it's it's a, a truly beautiful thing. Hey, last thing trivia. Yeah, last thing. Yeah. I just want to shout out to my dad's. It's his birthday today. What? Uh, April twenty. Hey. My dad is the reason I love science fiction. My dad is the reason I love aliens. He introduced me to these things. I think a lot of us share that in common. Like yes. I am who I am yep. because of who who he is. Really, and it's great that. He's 72 years young today, and uh, he's an amazing person. And uh, I love Alien because he loved me. So happy birthday, Papa Prater. Awesome, Jamie. Yeah, Papa Prater, happy birthday. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, in, in, this, in this quick uh, moment of silence, Patrick, where, where's, the, where's the, 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 the inflatable alien punch thing from? And when oh is my that gosh. <laughs> yes, please. Did you see that? Yes, yeah, uh, that, that's that's another Operation Aliens thing, but it, I don't think it technically is Operation Aliens because I'm ah. like '94. But it's a uh, it's a it's a punching bag, and it's fucking great. And uh, <laughs> it's great. We tape it up and blow it up. I saw so that. Cool. That was the one thing I was like, oh, I want yeah. that. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll put. You know, I have a whole like pile of shit here that I didn't get to to like share today, which is funny because I did like 12 videos on Instagram today. But at some point, I'll put up a, a couple more, and I'll make sure to highlight that the punching bag. I got some other people asking oh, me about it too. It's great. It was like right. ten bucks, and it's one hundred percent worth it. And I'm currently, and you it's better not it. fucking bid on this. I'm saying this. I'm trusting you all right now on this. I'm bidding on a an Operation Aliens thermos on eBay. Oh Lord, what is it? Five hundred dollars? No, it's going for three <laughs> three ninety nine right now. Three hundred ninety nine dollars. Three dollars. Oh, oh. no way. No, yeah, fuck that. Three hundred ninety nine dollars. Yeah, no, my max bid is not three dollars and ninety nine cents. But I have to, as somebody who lost, I, I, I'm still bitter about this. There's a fucking uh, so. I remember this. I remember say, this. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. There was so there was an Operation Aliens fanny pack prototype that showed up on eBay, and I was like, oh my god, because I fucking love fanny packs too. On on it, it just says you're just too bad. <laughs> yeah, but i was like i was like i will do, i'm gonna do what it takes to get this thing i bid like hundreds and hundreds of i even talked to micah about it and she was like i know this is like is you 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 will be really upset if you don't get this like i, I support you go for it we'll figure this out i bid like so much money on it and i was winning it winning it winning it and then in the last minute Somebody bid four hundred dollars over what I bid. Someone for sniped it. a fanny pack from you. <laughs> I was like, what "Oh my god, is this person!" So if, you're, if you are that person now, fuck you. We know you're listening. We know you're listening. I want that thermos. I swear to God. Anyway. We're all bidding on it right now. Yeah, you are. So, we'll we're gonna do a giveaway, right? It's gonna be a T-shirt giveaway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well so well, we, we can figure that part out. Okay. Well, don't they? Shouldn't we do they know what they're sweat. winning? No. <laughs> That out. Oh, it's just you got to plug the Kenner T-shirt. <laughs> I'll tell fanny you what, pack. it's not going to be. It's not going to be this. that thermos because I'm going to fucking win <laughs> that thermos. It's a perfect <laughs> organism on it. It's Jamie's table. Uh, uh, so listen. It was B. I see it right now, Patrick. It says one bid. <laughs> oh, on the thermos? Yeah, that's me. Yeah. That's me, Perry. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, so for this for this uh, question, we'll, we'll we'll it'll probably be a T-shirt. We'll figure it out. We have more swag. We do. We have a lot more to give away. We have more to give away. We'll do more of a contest. But I just, you know, we, we like to end Alien Day with, with a trivia question. So the way to do this is going to be, I'm going to say the question right now, okay? And there are going to be two of them. You can answer either one of them. It just has to be one because they're both kind of weird. Uh, you have to get the answer to, to either of these two questions. If you get both of them, 
maybe there will be a bonus, but it's not going to be that fucking thermos. I swear to God. So uh, <laughs> you can answer either of these questions. You're going to send it to perfectorganismpodcast at gmail.com. Okay. Perfectorganismpodcast at gmail.com. We will go by the first received correct answer. That will be the winner. Okay. Uh, and so uh, go ahead and send away. The first question is, in the months leading up to the release of Aliens, there was a lower than anticipated audience uh, enthusiasm. Marketing wasn't going well. This was attributed to one particular reason that surprised people. That's the trivia question. I don't there even was something know this. wrong. There was something wrong, and it was related to the title of it. Okay, so the way that it had been named and talked about in media made Fox realize, oh shit, we got to do a PR campaign. That led to the cover of Time Magazine eventually, and it led to some other things to basically say, like, this movie is not what you think it is. So that's the first question, okay? What was the marketing near faux pas, and what were people thinking this film actually was? Uh, the other one is the reveal of Gateway Station, Gateway 5, uh, was of kind of a hurried design process. They had to kind of put this together quickly for the shoot. Um, so they had to repurpose something. What did they repurpose in creating Gateway Station? I don't know this either. I haven't read the book, of course. It might not be a book. Made entirely out of thermoses. <laughs> <laughs> well, so we're going to give a, a, shirt away for, a shirt away for each question answered, right? So can they answer both? You can answer whatever you want. We'll figure it out. Just answer. So they're going to be two shirts or whatever we're yeah. going to choose. Yeah, I don't know. We'll send. We'll send. We'll send. Okay, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Yeah, but th those are your questions, okay? Okay. Well, I would say we should probably wrap, right? I think we should. Yeah. Um, thank you everybody for watching. Before we do, though, we have this uh, amazing program called Patreon. It's allowed us to do a lot of what we do on Alien Day. It paid the money to pay the artist, who is my roommate Blake Beckman, to create that amazing t-shirt four dollars a month sign up perfectorganism.com forward slash support four bucks a month uh the more we can raise with patreon uh we might do a a live show this at the end of this year or towards the end of this year on the east coast perry can't come i'm kidding <laughs> damn, it. Um, damn it uh so but yeah like i i just can't push it enough like really the money that we we are given by our patrons have helped us do what we're doing and like for the next audio drama i'd like to pay the talent this time at least what we can do and the more we get from patreon the more we can do that so perfectorganism.com forward slash support if you're interested thanks everyone for watching happy alien day happy alien day For more on Perfect Organism, the Alien Saga podcast, please visit perfectorganism.com. Perfect Organism is available for listen or download through Podbean, iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, and Spotify. If you'd like to support the show, please visit perfectorganism.com forward slash support. Thank you.